This is Face the Music, an ELO song-by-song podcast. Episode 107. Messages is the first track on the album of the same name. There was another band name change, a tiny one. The group now went by ELO, no periods between the letters. In the liner notes from the 2000 box set Flashback, Jeff Lynn wrote, There'd been a lot in the news around this time about something called backward masking. It meant that you deliberately said something backwards, but when you played it forwards, it said something completely different, like, Hello? This song was inspired by that nonsense. I like the production of it. There's a lot of layers and things whizzing past and stuff. Most of those extra little bits on songs were because I wanted to attract your attention. That's partly the way I approach things as a producer slash songwriter. Mac used to say that I'd make it up as I went along. Bevan's drumming, a constant on every ELO song with drums except Battle of Marston Moore, was replaced by a drum machine. Bev said to Hit Parader magazine, Sometimes I'm tempted to say, to hell with all this. This band can be extremely frustrating. Sometimes the control that Jeff Lynn exerts over everything and everyone can really stifle your creative juices. I really hate it when I'm relegated to being a session drummer with the band. Hell, I've been in this group for more than 10 years, and sometimes I want to say, Hey, let me do what I want! In the liner notes for the 2001 Secret Messages remaster, Jeff wrote, We did the video for this one at the ultimate secret message venue, Jodrell Bank, the giant radio telescope in Cheshire. It was sampled by Steve Angelo in 2003 for the song Summer Madness. Goldilocks calling Mama Bear, come in. Hi, I'm Eric Winsensen. And I'm Eric Paul Johnson. Well, we're still really doing the sound of time on this particular track at least it's got all the keyboards and all the nice 80s thing the new wave thing still going on and i pretty much like it i mean it's a nice song that i would enjoy coming on and listening to but there just seems to be something something that's just not there time had the same sound the whole album of time had the same sound but it still seemed to have some passion behind it. This seems that all of a sudden something spiritual is missing. And I don't know if it's the fact that from what I've understood, it might be Jeff taking over on the drums. So we get a little bit of that bland metronome sound that we get with later albums. But I know the lyrics are kind of trying to get it back at religious people for thinking he was putting satanic messages on previous songs. But it just seems like it's a good song it's a serviceable song but it's hard to put my finger on it but just 
something is lacking there that wasn't lacking on previous ELO recordings. Right. Well, there are a couple of things that are lacking. One thing is there are no strings at all anywhere on it. And the other thing that's lacking is Jeff's desire to keep going on with this ELO thing. At the time, he he's said this before, that he kind of got burnt out on the ELO thing right around time, maybe a little bit after time. But he was in a contract where three more ELO albums. So, all right, let's get this done and over with. And so that's kind of how he went into Secret Messages. And uh, he's apparently not the only one who's kind of had enough of this. Looking up in the song facts, I found a quote from Bev Bevan where he said about ELO, there are times when I just want to say to hell with this. I'm sick of being a Jeff Lynn prop. Let me be creative. Which I didn't know before. I knew Jeff Lynn was kind of like, all right, time to make another ELO album, I guess. But you never really heard much about from the other band members. I know that Kelly Grocut was kind of on the ins and outs of the band at the time, so it's hard to say which songs Kelly played bass on and which ones Jeff played bass on. As for the song, I like it. I always liked it. Yeah, I got the album just because rock and roll was king. Rock and roll is king. Had just well, come out. And was. I yeah, we can, we can kind of say that in the past tense. I guess days. we can say that now. Yeah. And I like the single. I was totally blown away by time. So, hell yeah, I'm, I'm all in on secret messages. So I bought it soon after it came out and I played it. And I liked the song. There are different sounds going on here. It does have echoes of time. It's definitely a lot of synthy. There are some guitar sounds that are reminiscent of time. There's some stuff on here that I never heard on an ELO song before. It is loaded with secret messages. I, it, wizards. It's piled high with wizards. Jefflin called the little th things that he stuck in songs to make them interesting wizards. And this one is loaded with wizards. even brings back the ELO Morse code that has been in so many other ELO songs. The beginning has some backwards masking. Some of it is obvious because you hear it at the end of the album. But there's a lot of whispering secret messages in the fade in. But it's not just backwards masking. I listened, I bumped up the volume, I played it backwards and forwards, and what it sounds like is Jeff whispering secret and possibly messages, forwards, also backwards, laid on top of each other. I like the song. I've always liked the song. I think it's a neat song, and since it's got all kinds of sound widgets going on all over the place through it, that's the kind of thing that I like since I'm a audio-centric kind of person. The more kind of neat little trinkets you have buried in a song, the more my ears are interested. It is a good song. I like a lot of what he's done with the production on it. When you get somebody who's really, really talented, if they get too comfortable, they can just basically show up, do their thing, It'll still sound good. It'll still make for something listenable and something where you still go, where you still listen to it and find a few things and going, hey, that's neat. But you still know in the back of your mind how much better they can be doing. And that's really kind of how I feel about this song. And I think it's probably how I feel about a lot of stuff that he's done ever since the 80s, at least on his own. I mean, producing other artists, he's been wonderful but when it comes to his own music it's uh okay well yeah that's good <laughs> <laughs>
But uh, it just does sound like he's still got a little bit to say and a little bit to do here. He's still experimenting with that 80s sound, so it's nice to hear that he's still working with stuff and still has a little bit of spark there. But you do feel that whole, (sighs) okay, another album. (laughs) Yeah. It does bleed through on there. I mean, it does need Bevan's drumming. It Mm -hmm. really, I mean, that, to tell you the truth, if Bevan was on here doing his usual drum thing, I mean, the bass probably would have still been buried underneath all the synthesizers, no matter who was playing. But if Bev was on here just doing his usual thing, that might just be the one thing that just just puts it just that little tiny bit that needs there to say, hey, okay, we've got another Great Yellow song here. You know, I can see that. I can see that with Bev's drumming energy that he has, I can see that bumping things up. And I also wonder... Would strings have helped it? Would would strings have even fit in it? I mean, I, I suppose don't know if strings would have really done anything for this. I don't think they're needed. I think that's where it would start going. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Come on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I think it's fine without strings. I think what it needs, though, it, maybe I just finally put my finger on what it's lacking. It's lacking a little bit more humanity. Mm. Time is as much as the synthesized sound it was. It was dripping with humanity. Yes. This was there's still songs being made by humans and you still got the idea that it was a band. Mhm. Here it's starting to slip more into one guy with his computer deck. And his friend Richard. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, cuz the band was kind of falling apart here since it's hard to say when Groquet was on the album and when he wasn't and Bevan getting kind of cranky about things. Yeah. I've noticed the best drummers are always like that. <laughs> If you really want to read some hilarious stuff from a drummer, read some of Bill Bruford's comments about being in Yes. <laughs> so there was a picture disc released of the single, and it wasn't just because, oh, this is cool. There was actually a contest related to it. And there were four secret messages, and you had to solve the secret message to win a gold copy of the album. And then there were two second-place prizes, which was silver copy, and then 25 runners-up who would get a free copy of just the standard-issue album. One of the clues was there was backwards writing on the disc that says go to Jet LX527, referring to the Secret Messages album by its UK stock number. Two, a picture of four diamonds. Three, there was more backwards writing on the disc that said we shout raving notes. And four, there was a picture of a jester. Put all that together, you get the answer, you send it in, and you win a gold copy of the album. This is before the internet, and somebody actually won it. I don't know how they came across it, but if you rearrange the letters and we shout raving notes and the word jester, you get the line, there's just no answer to give, which is from Four Little Diamonds. And that was the answer. And somebody won it. Years later, they sold it on eBay so the guy could buy a drum kit for his kid. I never would have been able to solve it, so whoever that guy was, he was a super genius. Yeah, I don't know where where I would have gotten that from either. He <laughs> would, yeah, I would have had to just been listening to the song at some point. Went, got something to say about secret messages? Then call the telephone line voicemail six two three eight five zero three three seven five. Call now. Was it a hit or was it? Secret Messages was released as a single in England in August 1983, with the non-album B-side, Buildings Have Eyes. It was released with a picture sleeve on the standard yellow jet label, a silver label, and as a contest picture disc. 
It wasn't released in the United States as a single. However, the video did get airplay in America and a 12-inch promotional single was released. It spent three weeks on the British Top 100 in September, peaking at number 48 on September 10th. It did better in Ireland, where it got to number 14. It's time for a great line from ELO from this week's song. What's my line? Corporal, got it? Uh, the secret messages are calling me endlessly. They call me across the air. Ha, got it. Yeah. Welcome to the show. What the? Hello, this is Troy. Well, here we are at Secret Messages. And I have to state at the outset that this is not my favorite ELO album. I don't hate it, but I don't love every track on it either. But I definitely love the title track. As if time wasn't enough to convince you that Jeff Lynn was quite capable to bring ELO into the 80s, well, with the song and video secret messages, he delivered a second punch to let you know that he did indeed have the ability to do that. I just don't see it reflected all throughout the album. I'm sorry that Secret Messages, the song, wasn't a bigger hit. I didn't hear it much on the radio, but I did see the video. I couldn't get MTV back then, but Friday Night Videos played it two or three times in the fall of 1983. And one thing I've noticed about the video, I think it is Jeff Lynn's attempt to poke a little fun at the religious people who were once again trying to find backward satanic messages in his music. Obviously, he didn't put the characters in Sunday go-to-meeting clothes, but I think the fact that these characters are searching for this orb, even though it conveys the impression they don't know why they're searching for it or what they're going to do with it when they find it, kind of indicates, I think, that Jeff is kind of goosing these religious people a little bit, like, what are you looking for? I mean, there's nothing here, although apparently there were some backward messages on the album. I've never heard them. And one thing that makes me laugh is there were people upset over the fact that he may have put backwards messages on this album. I don't recall any of those people being upset that in the portrait on the album's cover, there's a naked woman who appears to be fondling herself. Oh well, talk to you next week. This has been A Thought From Troy. In this song, Jeff sings, they sing, they play, they dance for you from out of the blue. This is obviously a reference to not only the band ELO, Jeff sings, the whole band plays, Hugh McDowell used to dance around the stage with his cello, but also from Out of the Blue, an obvious reference to their only double album. He also sings, a flowing river of illusion running with confusion. Illusions in G Major was on their 1974 album El Dorado, and Confusion was a song that was on their 1979 album Discovery. The secret messages are right there in front of your faces, people. Are you out of your mind? Good hello, my name is Don Fields, and I'm one of the very few people who have been reviewing each and every one of the tracks that is not named Troy. 
And I'm also the smartass behind the website Xanadu Preservation Society, which you can now find on donosdump.org. And I've been asked by the good folks behind this year uh, music blog to write and read my review of Secret Messages. After the level of insanity time rot, where can Jeff go now? It looked like he exhausted his conceptual album idea by now, fitting in the face of the 80s, where such creative tomfoolery was no longer welcomed. Sure, Sticks had their Kilray was here phase, but the band broke up soon after the tour and wasn't the same since. Jeff still had his ideas and his layered soundscapes bouncing inside his head, but what to fill in the blanks for song ideas at this point? This title track points out one direction. Twilight Zone of his creative mind stockpiled by his semi-stream-of-conscious lyrics, an obscured one at that. It also helped that the background satanic message fad that was sweeping the louder and more paranoid American Christian sector fueled Jeff's inspiration by littering the album with goofball, backward, honest crap of his own, but that's for another loaded semi-genre for later. The title track opens the album perfectly with a long fade-in, reverse reading, and the Morse code of ELO chiming in, a hidden influence stalking and haunting the main character. Is this character afraid of these messages? Are the voices in his head loosely telling him that he forgot his meds today? This track was the rest of the album in its misty, mysterious otherworldness had a deeper level for me that I didn't even know about at the time. Looking back, this title, more or less, represented my wilderness years between high school and work and community college, i.e. finding out what the hell to do now, trying to get my life going again, and generally gathering my non-thoughts, especially with Stranger. Well, that's for another personal viewing rant. Like it? Hate it? What does Madeline think? I did like the song. Wow, she liked it! Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast, is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment, Assorted Deli Meets Amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com. Keep up to date on the show by joining our Facebook group and spread the word by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. You can financially support the podcast at patreon.com slash ELO pod. Next week, episode 108, Loser Gone Wild.